1: Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN
2: or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J is in in all his Big 8 glory. Great to be uh, in as we get closer to Black Friday. Numbers to get in 466-3776 466-3776 800 825 5865 Dial us up. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. Chris Schmidt Will Wilson at Willie J on Twitter. Email Chris at hailvarsity.com. Some more emails to get through from yesterday that we didn't, uh, we just ran out of time. Loaded up. We'll uh, hear from Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, get Mitch's take on Nebraska, Iowa coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Brandon Vogel from hailvarsity.com and magazine. We are eating Thanksgiving turkey or lots of beef some of us, on Thursday. So we got to move Vogue's due today. And then extended sit-down with a guy who's seen both sidelines, a friend of the show and former Nebraska defensive line coach and Iowa defensive line coach Rick Kaczynski. An extended sit-down with him. That gets kicked off at 525. You have the numbers, you can get in. So we're pretty excited. We get to do a Black Friday extravaganza show leading into kickoff at noon. Uh, nine to noon, a Hale Varsity Gregeth and Hooks hybrid show. The mesh point will be clean. It will run for lots of yards and I can't wait and got tagged earlier uh, by Hooksy on Twitter. Willie J, tell me about this fantastic bobble head that uh, is pictured on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter yeah. feed where you've got Herbie Husker putting his Dukes up against the, the the Hawkeye. This thing is awesome. It is pretty sweet. I'm kind of I've been a bobblehead collector. Well, in my teen and college years, and okay. they're either broken or in storage because we've moved a few times, and uh, whichever canine we had, they thought it was a toy. All right, we'll brag a little bit. What's your what's your favorite bobblehead? Well, I've got an old school Nebraska one. I've got an old school Red Sox one. I have a old school Cubbies one, Chicago right. Cubs one. And then Grandma Schmidt's Grandma Schmidt was the biggest Sammy Sosa fan ever. Did oh not God. have the heart to tell her that Sammy was once upon a time a pincushion. Right. And now Sammy is just is Sammy's just a different dude right now. But she loves Sammy during the home run chase. Love it. And so I have a Sammy Sosa bobblehead that that she left me that she kept by her nightstand oh, so that is great so yeah there's a sammy sosa bobblehead somewhere uh, in in storage so <laughs> this is cool though if you're a nebraska fan you got to check out hail varsity and gregathan hooks uh nine to noon friday that's all i'm gonna say can't wait to uh to get to friday get to thursday but in front of us plenty on our plate to talk about, oh, Nebraska is making news nationally. Why? The start has been not good. And Nebraska has been mocked and made fun of and called out by a lot of the talking heads. And that's Paul Feinbaum that is... Uh, members of ESPN, that is Pat Forty, that is, you know, pick some national folks. And there's there's two ways to look at this. And and there was an instance this morning we're going to play for you from Keysha- Keyshawn Johnson Sr. at his radio show. So you have Keyshawn Johnson, who's with J. Will and uh, Mahente. And listen. They're, they're doing their thing in the morning. If you check it out on ESPN Lincoln or the Superstation out on 1460, 1550 with our friends out in Carney Hastings Grand Island, good for you. Well, you know, that said, uh, there's some fire this morning by Keyshawn towards Scott Frost. Here's part one.
3: Yeah, old Frosty. Frosty bit off more than he could chew at that moment. I just... You know, I I know Scott a little bit. Scott played with me with the Jets as well as Tampa Bay. He did a great job at UCF. He's in over his head at Nebraska. I understand the Nebraska faithful. They just you know he he did so well and they didn't want to lose him to like the likes of Florida. Uh, I think maybe LSU might have been in play at the time or something mm-hmm. like that. A couple teams were hovering around Scott Frost becoming the head coach in Nebraska. Said you know what, we're gonna get rid of Mike Riley. If this isn't working out for us, I don't care what anybody says. We're going to get our our guy, and we're going to make him one of the highest paid guys in college football. You think they regret that now, though? You think they sit back and they think for themselves? Yeah, we probably should have did that. I mean, I programs like this they get they get it wrong all the time because they. I understand he went there and he was the guy and all those sort of things. Yeah, but nah, man, you 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 set the program back. Now you set
2: it back even further.
3: You passed on Joe Burrow.
2: Man, the top rope with two steel chairs. Joe Burrow is still a, a point and button to push. Yes, horrible look. Horrible look considering the quarterback situation. That said, it's over Joe went on, did his thing at LSU. Joe's phenomenal. We talked to Joe's dad, Jimmy, and no ill will. They have moved on. The national media and Keyshawn Johnson, Frosty's former teammate, has not. More from Keyshawn.
3: Yeah, Frosty, been a, he's been a little arrogant at Nebraska since taking over from Mike Riley. Though. He ran a lot of guys out of the program. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's just been Frosty, though. I guess he... They can't touch me. I'm the man. It's Nebraska. I'll do what I want, say what I want, and treat people the way I want to. And in the end, them W's ain't adding up
2: for him. So, truth? Anger? Is it personal? What do you make of Keyshawn's comments, or do you just keep on walking because it's Keyshawn Johnson Sr.? So I look at it like this. Has Scott Frost set the program back? Let's answer that question. I have no Kool-Aid in front of me. My red glasses are off. And has things gone the way that you envisioned them by year three? No. If you lose out this year, you're 10 and 22. So no, things aren't where they need to be. Uh, Bill Moose says, judge the man in year five, not year three. That's his boss saying that. I'm going to gonna say, okay, you're you're the decision maker, and I'm not hinting or saying there needs to be a change. I'm the last guy. I have been anti-coaching change uh, for, for the most. I was anti-Frank Solich. I was anti-Bo Pelini. Change. Okay? Right. You don't bring Mike Riley in for, for Bo Pelini. I agree. Clearly. Uh, you don't bring Bill Callahan, although he upgro- up, upgraded in recruiting. And... Gallien's problem was on the defensive side of the ball. Who knows? Just wasn't a fit. Changes were made. You'll never know. I mean, Bill got four years. The problem is, is you've had, for the most part, the wrong egos in the big chair making disastrous decisions, and you've had a revolving door, and it keeps setting your program back. So here's what I believe. I believe that the mentality and player type that Mike Riley brought in was for the Pac-12, was granola, was soft, was easy. That's not every player he brought in, but overall, that's the culture. It was country club, and he was a hands-off coach. Okay, So he expected 18- to 22-year-olds to act like adults, and that's not the case. Change was made, and... Frost has come in, and he's had a lot of cleanup. But the thing that is continuing to bite Scott Frost is there's kind of a coach's code where you don't kind of blame the previous staff. He And Scott probably sees it as being honest, which, great, thanks for being honest, but you can be a little political, you can be politically correct, and some of you hate that, and I get it. But it looks bad if you say, one thing about the previous staff multiple times, and you're still losing. Okay, it it just it just doesn't look good. Now we'll hear from Coach Shenander here shortly. That yeah, he was asked about do you have the talent uh, in the program to 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 stop the run in the Big Ten? Sam McEwam asked him that that question earlier. Uh, listen to me. Th- there are some points Keyshawn made that you can agree with, or you can ponder when it comes to setting the program back we're, we're not at the starting point of a board game. We're, we're on the carpet before we get to the starting point of the, ball, the board game. If you're playing on the floor in front of the fireplace Thanksgiving afternoon. And, and I think that's what, what he took over. Uh, I've seen some positives. It's not overall positive with what happens against Illinois in year three. No. no lips, Not enough lipstick for that. But I, they, they are getting some good players and some Big Ten type players here. They got to figure out their crap on offense. They got to decide what they want to be on offense. They've got to get an identity on offense and they got to be a physical football team. Got to run the football and find a way to get the ball downfield. You've got all these studs that are, are are four, three, four, 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 five, forty guys at receiver that you aren't getting the football to because a lot of times your quarterback's not capable of getting the football. That's you. And as a coaching staff, you can't let the team be less than a thousand percent locked in for Illinois because it's just Illinois. That's on you. That's inexcusable. But as far as setting the program back, no. Not 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 at all. He has not set the program back. He's not had a 6-0 start where you rose to number 6 in the country and then got conservative on the road against Wisconsin and then had a nuke dropped on you 62-3 to in prime time. I mean, there's, there's been nukes dropped on, on this football team since Scott's taken over, but there's been little of anything resembling 2017.
1: Yeah, I mean, Scott's got him squatting now, which is great.
2: Point point being is, no, this is personal for Keyshawn Johnson because let's, let's show our cards, Keyshawn. The guy who made you the number one pick overall, aside from yourself, going from Compton Juco to USC, was Mike Riley as John Robinson's offensive coordinator. And Mike Riley was smart enough to throw you the football impact 12 play where you you went one year and then left as a junior and you were the number one pick overall won a Super Bowl with Gruden had a really good career I don't doubt your accolades but it's personal for you because the guy that you loved and brought your whole flag football team to come visit multiple times Mike Riley got fired by this program and the guy who replaced him is somebody that you're never going to give any credit to because they ran off your kids buddies It is personal for you. That's what this is. And it's his platform. He's on national ESPN radio in the morning, and he's saying what's easy to say right now. What the hell's going on with Nebraska? What the hell's going on with the Blue Bloods in the Big Ten, with Penn State, with Michigan, with Nebraska? Are you crushing Penn State? You had James Franklin on on your program and gave him 15 minutes. You gave James Franklin 15 minutes to bitch and moan about what the Big Ten's doing by not playing football. Where's the hatchet job on, on the, the, you know, the team that's 0-5 in league play that, that got beat by Nebraska and was getting housed by Nebraska in the first half? So this is personal for Keyshawn. It's his way of sticking up for, for Mike Riley. And, yeah, I don't know what your kid's doing. Best wishes to, to Junior. He was a good dude to have on the show when we did. I know Keyshawn's been on with us and with Gregith and Hooks during the Riley era. So, yeah, this is personal and it's easy to kick Nebraska while they're down. Now it's Nebraska's job to get up
1: and not to care.
2: Well, use it use it as as fuel but don't let it throw you off your game. And that's the bigger picture here. There there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of issue with being the head football coach at Nebraska. And not only that, but the the native son, the guy that's supposed to be the savior. I mean, all of those pressures that come with the job that make you think it would have been real easy to stay at Central Florida. (laughs) But but I but I came back here and and let's (laughs) let's do this thing. Uh, Figure it out. And you're a good enough coach to figure it out. Your history speaks to that. And the time is now to get your defense figured out to get your offense figured out, to find an identity, and just play who you think can give you the best chance to win at quarterback. Play who you think can give you the best chance to win at IBAC and stick with them. Play guys you think that can make some strides and some plays for you at wide receiver. And when it comes to the offensive line that was supposed to be your strength, has not been this year. They've been inconsistent. There's been some injury. There's been some youth. Those are realities. But figure out guys that can get it done for you on Black Friday because you can change the national, you can change the national and the local narrative right now. That is kind of what the hell's going on. You have that opportunity to change it, and I don't know if they're going to win on Black Friday, but they've got to come out and and play like they've shown the ability in in glimpses. They've got to put it together finally for four quarters and you know what it isn't going to be a surprise for you on Friday it's going to be stretch play it's going to be bootleg it's going to be play action and they're going to find some freak show tight end in the end zone stop the run beat up a really young quarterback that's not very good or he's growing into being what Iowa has been but he's not anything close to what their to to what Stanley was and figure out a way to trade punches with them on the line of scrimmage because you're going to have to run the football to win. Mitch Sherman's coming up at Tale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like
1: he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmidty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy.
2: Let's spend time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. One hour from now, an extended sit-down perspective from both sidelines. Rick Kaczynski will be with us. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. you find Mitch on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, uh, Black Friday's almost here, man. How you doing?
4: I'm all right. Doing all right. Going to make it through, I think um have some uh have some thanksgiving food and be off to Iowa.
2: You'll hit the road and head east. I'm interested to put to bed last Saturday just briefly and uh a couple of of thoughts with you a from coach Frost about not seeing this coming and and then some of the admissions from the players when it comes to the air quote juice in practice last week and then just overall Nebraska got punished on both sides of the football um
4: where good assessment there
2: <laughs> they did. They, they they got punished on both sides and you know in this far into the 10 year um is that still a surprise for you that this team is so wildly inconsistent
4: yeah that's where i thought we were going to see consistency this year with nebraska was that the line of scrimmage especially after the way that Nebraska performed in the trenches against Ohio State and in, to some degree against Northwestern. I thought Northwestern um, held its own uh, based on how I saw that game shaping, it, shaping up before the game. But um, really the first couple of weeks, it was possibly the most encouraging thing about this team was its play on the offensive and defensive line. You know, you had Cam Jurgens' injury against Ohio State that, that made for Nebraska to have to, to um, go through some switches up front on offense in, in the second game. And I think that that has disjointed some things for the offensive line and continues to uh, as we get, get to the fifth game here. But uh, defensively, you know, with the emergence of Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers, Ben Stilley had played well, has continued to play pretty well, um, at least through the first three games. Um, Damian Daniel, there's been a lot of good play, you know, uh, up up front on both sides. And then Saturday hit, and nobody played well, really. Um, I mean, it's hard-pressed to find two or three guys. I'm sure, you know, some film study might reveal differently, but just watching the game a couple times, I, it's, hard, it's hard to point out much of anyone yeah. who played well in that game. And as you mentioned, you heard from Frost that it caught him off guard. It surprised him. And then, you know, almost in the same breath, uh, it didn't surprise him because – Nebraska didn't bring the energy in practice the week before that game, and players backed up those comments and said you know, they learned a lesson. And you heard from, from players on Monday about how oh, it's much better this week. And it's you know one or two days. I, I you know I'm I'm I think we've been at this point in the past with Nebraska football at times where you just you, you can't really you can't really take take those those words from press conferences about how practice is going. With a whole lot of, uh, put a whole lot of stock in it until you see how they play for yourselves. Um, I would imagine if Nebraska comes out and plays poorly against Iowa, you know, well, you still got to do more in practice. You still got to go harder in practice. And it's really difficult in the, in, the, um, in the middle of a week, I think, to get a clear picture of how those practices are actually going. It always sounds like they're going pretty well. You heard comments a week ago. About how practice had gone well up 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 until the Illinois game so I um, you know they 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 are at a place as a program and as a team where they have to show it on the field and that's really all that matters
2: let's get on to Black Friday uh, the on the field part what is your gut telling you about quarterback do you go back to adrian and sprinkle in some luke in the slash mode or or as an i back don't know if you're going to have mills back or not but you know you're going to run the football you're going to win the game that's pretty pretty much how it works with nebraska iowa and uh is adrian the answer here for friday
4: that is what my gut tells me and i was surprised a bit that Scott Frost was as revealing or seemed to be as revealing as he was Monday in his press conference. He talked about his own experience as a quarterback in 1996 and how he was benched and how he was booed and how he uh, had a chip on his shoulder as a result of that and came back more resolved and experienced success in part because of that experience that he went through and then related it directly to Adrian Martinez and said, Adrian Martinez, he thinks, has a chip on his shoulder with the way the last couple of weeks has gone, the way this season has played out, and, you know, stop short of saying, you know, I think Adrian's going to follow suit in the way that, that he did as a quarterback, but you could read between the lines there. And in the same sentence, or in the same set of sentences, he made sure to say that Luke McCaffrey... Is the future of this program at quarterback, which I thought was a really interesting comment because where does that leave Adrian Martinez? Where does that leave Logan Smothers? Um, Luke McCaffrey uh, is one and one as a starter. I, you know, they, they seem to have seen enough from him to understand what he means to the future of the program. Um, I, I don't know that I'm there yet in my observations with with knowing who the guy is long-term, but I do think it's going to be Martinez this week in Iowa City. You,
2: there's just a lot of public comments about Adrian, about Luke, and Frost has, has made it real clear, Mitch, that I mean he cares about the kids. He doesn't want to hurt feelings or or turn somebody off, and you don't want yep. the merry-go-round of transfers at quarterback to be a reality in Lincoln I mean it, it, there's there, there's just so many balls in the air here attached to this but Adrian's handled himself pretty well by all accounts as as having to, to go watch right and and we'll see yeah. if he responds and is ready you'd hope that not just Luke but whoever on this football team if they've got to go to the bullpen can follow suit and follow that example by Adrian because the bottom line is you want to go win and play well on Friday
4: yeah he has handled it very well you know by by every every glimpse we've been given of the uh, from the inside of this program he has handled it extremely well you see him on the sidelines encouraging guys during the games and I know not everybody can see that because there's no fans in the stands you know a few parents can see it it's not evident on tv but adrian is down there talking to guys he's not sitting on the back of the bench with his helmet in his hand he's been a great teammate on the sideline. We've been given a little bit of video from mm-hmm. inside of the program before the Penn State game, in the, with the speech that he gave to his teammates. So he has handled this right, and I'm sure that has impacted whatever decision that the coaches are making with him and the quarterbacks this week. So, but where it goes in the future, um, you know, there is definitely a fine line to walk for Scott Frost, and I understand. That he is saying things to you know, I don't. Know, maybe he said what he said about McCaffrey on Monday in an attempt to uh, show some support for him, and um, in, in, in not allow or try to try to stop Luke McCaffrey from going down a road where you could potentially lose him. If sure. Martinez were to start the rest of this year, you also have to, to pay attention to what Adrian and his and his decision about his future is going to be. I think at some point, you, you know, and you see this all over the country. You can't make everyone happy. You can't make three quarterbacks happy or four quarterbacks happy. There are going to be transfers. There, are, that's just, it's just the, the situation that we're in, um, in college football, and there are going to be more transfers because starting next year, you're not going to have to sit out most likely a year to transfer. So, this is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. This is the reality in college football, and if you try to get too delicate and you try to make everybody happy, knowing you can only really make one happy, um, you know, you can, you can end up in a, in an even more difficult spot. You can end up like, I mean, a great example is what happened with Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M a few years ago when he had, when he had Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen and was trying to tiptoe around and make both of those guys happy and ended up losing, losing them both. Yeah. So I don't think that's where Nebraska's headed with McCaffrey and Martinez. But I do think as a coach, and Frost knows this, he was a quarterback, obviously. Uh, he knows that you can't make everybody happy. And he just has to, end to go with the guy, as he's said over and over, who's going to be the one that helps the team win right now.
2: Mitch Sherman's with us. Sale Varsity Radio. Mitch Sherman's with The Athletic. Read him there at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, about two and a half minutes here. But let's go to let's go to Friday. And Nebraska wins this thing. How... And uh, flip it around here, Is, from an Iowa perspective, are they going to be able to do enough to protect their young quarterback who clearly's gotten a little bit better, did better against Penn State, but they don't want to make him throw 47 times or whatever it was like earlier in the year?
4: Yeah, he's a Spencer Petras. He's not out there elevating the play of his teammates at this point necessarily. That, that, those are the words that um, Scott Dockerman mm-hmm. Uh, told me in our, our, uh, our podcast that we do that's out tomorrow. Um, Petrus is, is serviceable right now, and that's okay for Iowa because Iowa has two good running backs and, and Goodson and Sargent and a bunch of good receivers and a good tight end around him. So he doesn't have to win games. Spencer Petrus doesn't have to. So it's a different thing than what Nebraska is asking its quarterbacks to do. And if Petrus plays the way that he has the last few weeks, then Iowa is fine. Iowa has blown out Michigan State, Minnesota, and Penn State in three straight weeks, and I think is coming into this game with more Black Friday momentum than it has had in any season since 2015 when the Hawkeyes were 11-0 and in this game and became, went to 12-0 and and nearly made the college football playoff uh, by upsetting Michigan State. So it's a good Iowa team. Um, you know, forget about those two losses at the beginning of the year. They're playing a, a lot different brand of football right now, and, it, and it's, it starts with their ability to run the ball and their ability to stop the run. They've held these last three teams to two and a half yards per carry. So Nebraska's going to have to get creative on offense, to find a way to move the ball, um, they're going to have to open things up in the passing game. I think they're going to have to play both quarterbacks. And really, if you play both quarterbacks, to me, that means that Martinez is the trigger guy; that he's the main, the main QB because you don't ha- really have the ability to move him around at running back or receiver um, or different positions. McCaffrey's the guy who can do that. Kind of what Nebraska did a little bit of last year against Iowa and had some success in coming back from 14 down. And what it did with some success in the first half against Ohio State. So I think that's what we're going to have to see. Um, I think it's probably what we will see, and we'll see if it's enough to throw Iowa's defense for some kind of a loop, keep them off balance, and then maybe open things up for guys like Austin Allen and Wandale Robinson and Dietrich Mills, if he's healthy and can come back and play in this game. Maybe a Travis look, Maybe Oliver Martin gets involved. There are weapons. Xavier Betts is a weapon that Nebraska needs to use. Marcus Fleming is a weapon that Nebraska can use and show it against Northwestern. So, they're going to need to get a lot of guys involved against Iowa. Otherwise, Iowa will pin them down and not allow much of anything.
2: Mitch Sherman. Mitch, have a great Thanksgiving. Awesome to get caught up. Thanks for your time today.
4: Okay. Thanks. Same to you, Chris.
1: And now,
2: and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Plenty of thoughts on Nebraska-Iowa Black Friday looms. We'll talk with Rick Kaczynski coming up, and uh, Brandon Vogel. Great stuff from Mitch Sherman. What are your thoughts on Keyshawn Johnson? Seniors' comments about Scott Frost. We'll get there, but Thanksgiving is looming which means we all slammed the feed bag on. (laughs) And uh, you need to get to the gym. You need to get the workouts in. Excited to chat with Sam Kelly. Samantha back with us from Madonna Proactive. And Sam, last time we talked, we were able to sit down at Madonna Proactive just uh, south on 56th and uh, put a workout program together. That's been fabulous for me. And I tell you what, fitness and uh, safety, you guys are on the forefront. Tell us a little bit about what precautions Madonna Proactive's been taking.
0: Yeah, well, hey, Chris. Thanks for having me back. i excited to, to hear that your program's been going well. And my how things have changed since we've seen each other last. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Totally different environment. And in the gym industry, fitness industry, anything related to that whole realm is also changing too so it's been an interesting time but but still a top priority for folks and and should be top of mind but a little bit about what proactive doing differently is um as we do have a a mask requirement like most places in lincoln do now (laughs) that's always fun um we do not require folks to wear it while they're working out, um, only while they're moving around the club, transitioning, or where that six foot distancing can't be maintained. Um, so, so that's one of the biggest things. And then we've spread out all of our equipment. So, if you were to step foot in the facility now, it would look completely different from from what you remember it pre-COVID.
2: <laughs> it, it does, and I'm I'm wowed. I walked in. I was there last night doing some laps around the track, and the the machine have I mean, it's it's pretty awesome where I scan my key card, and then it's the digital temperature situation where I look into a screen and then I answer the the screening questions. It's, it's fantastic how quick and easy it is.
0: Yeah, and that's been um, another nice advancement too, and just another layer of safety that, that proactive has in place. So as soon as you're walking through the door, yep, going up to the kiosk, which used to be a person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. Things are switching quick, um, and you walk up, go through screening, and then you're on your way to go to your workout. And we don't have a requirement for signing up for certain areas. It's still that same feel um, for when you walk into the gym, um, just a few extra changes. Um, Yeah, the, the masking and the spacing, so...
2: Samantha Kelly is with us. Madonna Proactive, and uh, they're on just south of 56th and Pine Lake. And what a phenomenal facility! Have been there uh, a number of years, and Sam's really helped me get back with it from a from a health and fitness standpoint. And they're caring and concerning for sure when it comes to COVID and dealing with that. But uh, Sam, it's it's been uh, we've highlighted just the the difficulty people have faced. It still is okay to go see you go see the folks at proactive and just spend a second here or two if you could on just the options people have if they want to get after it post thanksgiving or even you know with the holiday season it's real easy to to get off of that fitness kick and there's a way to get back on it
0: yeah so there's a couple things you mentioned there first we have the whole pandemic and second, we have holidays coming up. So even with both of those things, your your health and wellness and physical fitness is definitely still a top priority, and everybody should still focus on that. It just looks a little bit different how we navigate that territory. Um, and, and so finding a location or a fitness facility that meets your needs um, and that also has the safety precautions that you're looking for. Um, so, so that's the first place to start. And then and then the next thing is is to build that routine too so that's a a big thing that proactive wants to keep going for our members we understand that it's a scary time right now and there's a lot of the media saying that gyms are one of the the highest risk places and and what Madonna proactive is doing is, is combating that and looking to make it one of the safest gyms in town that you can possibly go. So, so like you mentioned, Chris, the screening right when you're walking in um, and then, and then the, Sign up for classes and um, the variety of equipment. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you touched on there is we decided to, throughout the pandemic to renovate our entire facility. You did. So from the top to bottom, um, we have new flooring, new paint. Um, so it looks like a, a a brand new place when you're walking through too.
2: Well, and back to your your spacing. I mean, all of the the strength training equipment is in the middle of the basketball court but there's still plenty of courtroom for willie J to start launching threes i mean you still can do basketball but you also yeah. have the, the the fitness equipment spaced out uh, samantha kelly is with us with madonna proactive and the other thing you guys have too is is virtual training sessions so folks don't want to go in you guys offer virtual training correct
0: Yep, and, and so the pandemic's allowed us to pivot and provide um, virtual training services. So that's for anybody. You don't necessarily have to be a member of ProActive to take advantage of our virtual training. And we also have telehealth with our registered dietitian, too. Um, so, again, don't have to be a member of ProActive. Um, you can look online, find the contact information on there, and reach out to myself or our dietitian and find out more information of how we can help you from your home.
2: Samantha Kelly's with us, Madonna Proactive. Sam, uh, a last thought from you as as we uh, move forward here and get closer to 2021. It's been a year of ups and downs and lefts and rights, but you guys have done a phena- just a phenomenal job of of rolling with the punches and keeping people safe and healthy.
0: Well, thanks a bunch, Chris, and and I appreciate the time to be able to to chat about it because there is a lot of media attention right now around fitness facilities and health and wellness is still a priority. And even with the holidays, um, don't, don't let that allow you to get into a sedentary mindset. So we're, we're here to help at Madonna proactive for sure. Absolutely.
2: Check out Madonna proactive today. Sam, you have a great Thanksgiving and and appreciate the time today. Thanks a bunch, Chris. Talk to you soon. All right. Samantha's uh, the best man. She was uh, really instrumental in putting a workout plan together and while well, Willie J. does not want to get weird or creepy, He'll, he he would acknowledge that I don't look as, as huggable anymore. What do you mean? I mean, like, I used to be a little doughy, doughier. <laughs> well, that makes me want to hug you even more, Chris. <laughs> but my point is, Willie J., that there's been some action taken on my part with, with some crunches and some weight training and all of that stuff. It's It's been great from an energy standpoint. I mean, it's still do my my normal caffeine, but <laughs> well, it's been good. It's been really pretty good. It's good to hear. So me. we will get more into football uh, thoughts from Coach Chenander on the other side here with uh, Nebraska's players, and you know, Saturday Friday is going to be all about the run game. What's Iowa going to do? Want to do against Nebraska's front? I I, I say this immediately. I think Rodgers and Robinson can have big-time games along with snacks for, uh, for Nebraska and Stilly. So I don't worry about Nebraska's rotation. I don't worry about Nebraska's bounce back, trying to, to slam that Iowa run game. Linebackers. Let's talk linebackers, because uh, you're not going to have Colin Miller. Bless his heart. You have Will Honus playing great football. Who else can help Will Honus? That linebacker spot's going to be huge on Friday. We'll wind down our one. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us?
1: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. We're in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to
2: Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Brandon Vogel coming up, Hailvarsity.com and magazine, and then uh, two good segments with uh, former Nebraska Defensive line coach in Iowa, defensive line coach Rick Kaczynski with us. A reminder about buckling up. There's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Drunk driving, buzzed or high driving, never acceptable. And law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before any more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, get that designated driver or find a rideshare. Get a ride. A DUI cost you more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Let's uh, hear from Coach Chenander real quick. And, you know, it comes down to to what type of fellas you got on the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage. Good question by Sam McEwen earlier today with uh, Nebraska. And does Nebraska have the dudes they want on the line of scrimmage? And you've heard about the transition from the Big 12 to the Big 10. And that wasn't always a great fit because, you know, how wide open and passing the Big 12 is and was. And he had a different defensive line. So Nebraska's had to recalibrate. I think Nebraska's found some guys. But Coach Shenander answered the question pretty honestly and uh, was, uh, was pretty forthright with, with what he thinks is on that roster to stop the run on Friday.
1: Yeah. Are are we exactly where we want to be? Probably not, but you, you can't
5: blame, you can't blame the players saying we don't have the right players. That's not an excuse. Um, we have the right players. We have good players. We have good kids. Um, we've got to get them more ready to play football and we've got to find a way to help them be better at their jobs, help them succeed on the field. Um, so I, I don't want to sit here and say we need different players because that, that's not an excuse. We, we, we've we got to play with, with the guys that we've got, and we've got good ones. And I don't want to take anything away from the guys we've got. Um, they can they can do this. I have confidence in them. They can do this. Um, do we always want to recruit more guys, more talent? Absolutely. But we need to get this done with the people we have in the program right now.
2: Nebraska's on, on edge this week, A, because of last Saturday – can be because of who, I mean, they, they are excited to play on Black Friday. They're excited to try and stop this. I mean, it's been Kenny Bell in the end zone in overtime, and Demorne Pearson out putting on his Superman cape with a couple of punt returns. It's Brandon Riley making a catch down the sideline. It's Amir doing his thing, and it was sending Bo out a winner. And that has been a heck of a long time. I remember where I was. It was in my living room. Iowa Russ was over. Uncle Andy and his family was over. It looked bleak. Iowa Russ was not rubbing our face in it. And I don't know that members of my family acted appropriately with the overtime win and comeback, but he still talks to us. Bless him. For, for doing that so we'll uh, hear from Brandon Vogel it up get the lowdown on Nebraska, Iowa good stuff from Mitch Sherman that is posted or soon to be posted on ESPN On Demand ESPNLincoln.com and also the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle get the podcast subscribe to us Varsity Radio HaleVarCity.com the network the Hurt At Media network of podcasts Spotify iTunes give us a review give us a like Back with you, Tower Two, a tale varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt and Willie J. We are inching towards Black Friday. And so I just got the text from the lovely bunny. She is doing chili tonight. So apparently, the, the crock pot has been in full, full gore uh, since today. So we're doing chili. We have turkey smoked turkey breast like infused smoked turkey wednesday night and then it is uh, bone in prime rib short ribs thursday so it's a good thing i talked to sam from from proactive because my fat backside is going to need to get some sweat into the oldies going uh before i wander in here on friday i'm excited to talk chili football smoked meat and uh all things pigskin with one and the only Brandon Vogel from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Coach Kaczynski's in 20 minutes. So, Vogues, what, what's something I can maybe sneak in to her crockpot of chili to give it a little extra kick? She is very... <sighs> She's less than liberal on the amount of ground beef and meat she puts in. I'd be fine with chicken. I'd be good with some sausage. There's different things we can do for chili. And I know between you and Cranach, you guys have some chili championships. Uh, there's no jalapeno to be found. I need some spice tonight with the chili. How, uh, how do we make that happen? How do we just kind of, while she's not looking, is there some secret ingredient? Is there a ghost pepper floating around is what I'm asking.
6: <laughs> you, you could go that route. Um, you could maybe, if you you stop on the way home and grab a just a, a jar of smoked paprika. Uh-huh. Uh, that gives it a nice a nice little thing, and it's red, so you know nobody's going to notice. Uh, you can just throw a tablespoon or two of that in there. Well, maybe not that much. Um, those would all work. <laughs> you know, brisket makes for a nice chili, but see, that's, you know you got to get that in at the beginning.
2: See, and, and Uncle Andy did brisket chili. Last time, he made chili, and he's awesome. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, somebody brought us white chicken chili that was phenomenal. So if, if yep. we're going to relate this to football, Nebraska-Iowa is what type of chili? I think
6: that's pretty classic. I think that's your, your classic ground beef uh Beans, nothing too crazy. It's it's not the it's not the white chili. It's not the brisket chili. It's it's meat and
2: potatoes. It's the bunny's That's chili, is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never had it. So That's a good me. thing, votes. <laughs> There's seven gallons of that damn stuff. Oh, what are we going to dinner for? We have chili left over to eat. So, no, it'll it'll work out, dude. Someone's making me dinner. I shouldn't whine. But, no, it, yeah, it is. It is the classic. Uh, Not too much salt, not too much spice, but it'll hit the spot when it's cold and wet and rainy outside. And, you know, this is interesting. Let's go back to Saturday because we have to. And there's just a lot of things you're expecting this team, this program, and this head coach to be beyond in year three. And. Listen, teams lose every week in college football. Carolina lost to Florida State, okay? Uh, Wisconsin got beat a year ago at the buzzer by Illinois. It it happens. The uh, 2015 Spartans got beat by Mike Riley, okay? So crazy things happen. But it's one thing to lose at the buzzer or by a score. It's another thing to get jackhammered where the, the game and the score and the spread was completely off by your friends in the desert.
6: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a shocking one and a, and a disappointing one, I think, with a few days now to, to kind of process and think about it. You know, I think it's important to, whatever progress you thought Nebraska had made up to this point last week, it, I think it's important to just subtract one really bad week. Like, you don't wipe it all out. Like, you just take, okay, they played really poorly against Illinois. And I think you're right. You know, we look around all the time and you see these games. They happen from time to time. Uh, not to excuse anything that Nebraska did, they didn't play well. And, and they didn't show up, frankly. So, you, you've got to address that. I think for Nebraska, the challenge remains. Uh, and, and not to get all football coach, but like you need to, I think when you're trying to, when you're trying to rebuild or build up a program, you really have to focus on just the execution part of it because it's what you can control. You can be like, you know what, we're going to lose to some teams that are just better than us right now. Uh, but we're going to out execute everyone we play because once you can do that, then you start adding the kind of talent that you want that, you know, hopefully upgrading your talent. Like, the other things start to come. But you have to control what you can control. And Nebraska's still fighting that battle. And I understand why people are, are disappointed to see that in such graphic and grisly fashion as it unfolded against Illinois.
2: What did you make of Keyshawn Johnson Sr.'s comments? We played him a little bit earlier in the show. and And he knows Coach Frost. And he got in there on the arrogance of Coach Frost. He got in on... The fact that Frost is in over his head. I mean, he got pretty pointed with his attack, and he came at it as a guy with a, a longtime NFL background and a former teammate standpoint. But to me, he came across as a guy who had uh, his offensive coordinator that really highlighted him at SC uh, as a guy that was trying to go to bat for Mike Riley. And Mike was mentioned a couple of times and then the bashing continued and Nebraska was lumped in with Penn state and Michigan, but Keyshawn went off on Nebraska for a good portion of their morning show.
6: Yeah, I honestly didn't hear the comments, um, but (laughs) what you just described there, I'm I'm not surprised. We, We do obviously know the connection with him and Mike Riley, which isn't to say he's, you know, inherently biased, but, it, it's it's a factor it, it's worth taking a you note. Know, like and you know Keyshawn johnson doesn't know what's going on in nebraska's football program day to day this is a challenge when you're when you're a national guy and he knows football like he knows way more about football than i'll ever learn or have ever known um just playing at the level that he played at uh but but the any of these programs whether it's nebraska or whether it's penn state right now or even michigan um, some of these others are programs that are doing really well. Cincinnati on on the good end, like they mm-hmm. pop on these guys' radar when they have to have a reason to notice them. And, and it's Nebraska's turn, turn through the ringer this week, and and that's Nebraska's fault. Like you don't want to be there. You go out and beat Illinois. So sure, I'm, I'm sure Keyshawn had had plenty to say about it, but I'm just you know, I'd rather talk about it with you or uh, the Nebraska fans or the rest of the beat writers on here to kind of cover this thing minute by minute year round.
2: So I got a question about about Scott Frost in Nebraska with this job and the monster that is Nebraska football. There's a there's a point in time where coaches got to just do them. But there's a reality of there there is such a loud noise out there, there's a loud noise after you beat Penn State. The people took note of and maybe didn't practice as hard as they needed to. And then there's a loud noise outside about, you know, what, what did you just do in losing to Illinois? And that's a fine art for a coach to be able to pick and choose parts as motivation nationally or locally. And then it's also a fine art to, to be able to just kind of flush it and move forward. I'm interested here with uh, decision-making when it comes to offense, identity, and specifically, quarterback for this Friday. Where does Nebraska go? They don't seem to have an identity on offense. They don't seem to be able to get downfield throwing the football. Can that change in just a week? Can they can they play free and also get downhill on on this Friday?
6: Yeah, playing free will be a really key part of it, and. And I think there's a chance that they could, um, you know, it, it comes down to your messaging to the team of like, Hey guys, by the time you get to Monday, it's like, we all know that wasn't, that wasn't it. Uh, we know how bad it was. Let's look at it and learn from it. And then let's go on, uh, move to move to your next opponent. So I, I, I think in, in some ways, well, you know, eventually the hopes to get to a point where, where you, you can't just kind of, well, we lost it's time to move on. Um, you, you hope that they can get back to a point where you, you're, winning, you're winning or close to winning every game. Um, but right now, you just kind of go, all right, nothing changes that. Like, you can't let it beat you twice, to use another coaching cliche. Um, so, in terms of the passing game itself, uh, you know, getting Oliver Martin involved, I think is intriguing. Uh, that, that could help a little bit. Uh, as Jack Stoll continues to, to work back, that could help a little bit. But truthfully, for, for this one, um, I just, based on what we've seen, and the sample size is small either way this year, but Adrian's obviously played two seasons prior to this one. Like He seems to me to, to give Nebraska, Nebraska the best chance to do some damage in the past game, and I think that's absolutely vital against Iowa. Um, we know what their run defense stats are. And, and explosive plays in general, I think they're third nationally for defense, second against the run um, so Nebraska's going to have a hard time moving it on the ground and I was going to come up geared up for that because that's what everybody's done this season because Nebraska hasn't shown it can beat teams through the air.
2: That is a very true statement and it's a head-scratching statement from 2 years ago to to last year's inconsistency to now what you have this year in the passing game. You know Luke's role. Um, I, I think you go back to first half Ohio State, don't you?
6: Yep. Yeah, and I, and I think I think you'll definitely see both guys. Um, but you, you look at that, and so you know it's going to be hard to to run against Iowa. It's going to be a little bit like that Ohio State where you you got to scheme some things and be pretty creative. Um, so if you think Adrian has the ability to to make the most throws that you need a quarterback to make and I, and I do at this point um i think that that leads you to that point um now <laughs> converting those throws I, that was a struggle too. you it's not like adrian was perfect and luke took over for for a reason um but adding mccaffrey into that run game you're going to need the quarterback run game no matter who's back there uh, because Nebraska's straight handoff run game hasn't been hasn't been good enough, and you're playing one of the two best run defenses in the conference between probably Iowa or Northwestern, so it's it's a challenge. But Nebraska, I think Nebraska and Iowa are pretty close to the same from a statistical standpoint offensively. They they really are. The big difference is Iowa has a defense. Nebraska is still a work in progress.
2: You know, Vogues, if you were to give me a. a a grade early on in the season with Nebraska's defense. Are you a guy that has seen the improvement with, for the most part with tackling and point of attack? Is that what you're taking forward with you in 2020 or how much of the, the Illinois blemish? Cause there weren't guys around the football every game until Illinois, you saw three or four dudes around the football. You just didn't see that uh that often right I mean you had one three and out series and then you or I or and Ray Finkel faked you know could have faked the punt and and picked up 17 like like Illinois did to put the nail in the coffin so with Nebraska and and their progress defensively does it give you some hope for the rest of this season or did that get all whited out because of of the Illinois performance
6: yeah, I don't think it, I don't think you you, get it, you wipe all of it out, um, and I think you hit on the key points. Tackling has been better. That, that was a real problem in, in 2019. Wrote about it a couple of times mm-hmm. the, the lead up to the season, just their missed tackle rate. And, that, and that's been better. The defensive line has been, I think, better than I would have anticipated. Um, they're matching up better physically. You know, they can get pretty big up there. Uh, pretty, pretty quickly. And, and the play of both Casey Rogers and Ty Robinson has been really encouraging. Linebacker play has been pretty good. Secondary has been a surprise in the wrong way for me. I would have you know, tapped that as the potential strength of this defense just based on experience. And, and there's been more struggles there than I would have anticipated. So I think C-plus is kind of my overall grade for the, the season this year. So they've been a little bit better. They've made some progress. But still still a ways to go. Um, And, you know, remaining kind of assignment sound and being willing to do it down after down after down. They did it on a lot of downs through the first three games. And then you had one game where you didn't get it on the majority of downs. And you got to eat that out.
2: Yeah, third downs are just killer for Nebraska defensively because they're either third and two or someone scrambling for nine when they need eight. Vogue's uh, about 30 seconds reaction to Wisconsin and Minnesota being squashed.
6: Man, uh, it's, it's that kind of year. Uh, the Big Ten got a taste of it early, of course, with, uh, with Wisconsin. Uh, we know Nebraska was impacted. And then you had a couple of weeks there with just one cancellation in the Big Ten, and you felt like, okay, Compared to the rest of the, the conferences out there, it might be doing better than most, but it's just going to go like this. And you know, Nebraska's only got three games left, but I don't even know how good you can feel about getting all of those in. You hope you can, um, but it's with too bad for, for, for both teams involved, of course, but you know, Wisconsin kind of feels the other end of it, I guess, this
2: time. Brandon Vogel, read him with hailvarsity.com and magazine, managing editor, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. And as you're uh, maybe finding your way with a small gathering for Thanksgiving, uh, check out the podcast, the I 80 podcast from Brandon Vogel uh, on the at uh, Media Network. Vogues, you be good. We'll talk on Saturday, brother i good. Thank you. There he is. It's Brandon Vogel. Good to spend some time and talk to Nebraska, Iowa with him. Longtime assistant, Coach Rick Kaczynski, next to Talk Black Friday. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back to it. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Nebraska, Iowa Week, a man who's been on both sidelines. Uh, Great assistant for Nebraska, Rick Kaczynski, with us. Coach, fried turkey, smoked turkey, baked turkey, (laughs) or wild turkey? What's going to be the plan Thursday?
5: (laughs) What kind of wild turkey are you talking about? I'm I'm talking the the
2: Matthew McConaughey wild turkey.
5: (laughs) Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a maker's mark guy, so... Uh, Same here. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably have a little make, maker's mark, but my wife, you know, I, I'm not a dark meat guy or any of that other mess, so we're, we're pretty simple. We just do a turkey breast, to be honest with you. So it's just... Uh, my mom's down here from Pennsylvania, so it's just the five of us, so uh, we'll just do a little
2: turkey breast uh, and a little maker's mark going there on uh, Thanksgiving Day, brother. Good for you, good for you. We... Uh, we're doing turkey breast uh, with the in-laws Wednesday night, and then uh, getting a smoke show going with uh, some short ribs uh, and uh, and a little prime rib. So we'll be uh, fat and happy and ready to go for uh, the best of both worlds: Nebraska beef and and some turkey breast. So should be all right. Man.
5: Oh man, I miss that Midwestern beef, brother. I miss it. I miss it. You. You can get some decent seafood down here being this close to the coast, but, uh, man, I miss that Midwest beef, brother.
2: Well, we'll have to send you some, man. It's it's good. I, uh, a lot to get into, and we'll dive heavy into Nebraska, Iowa in just a second, but your takeaways from, from Nebraska and Illinois on Saturday, Vegas sent, said one thing, and it turned out to be a whole different deal. Yeah, it
5: was, uh, you know, just – just being frank it was it was disappointing um it's it's not what um I had expected uh and when once again me let me preface obviously I'm a coach at heart I always take the side of the coaches um but you know that's a that that's a game that um when you're where you're at in this program and you come off a big win in every I don't care if Penn State is 0 and 8 or 8 and 0 any conference win is a is a big win mm-hmm. so that's a big win um and it was part you know it's just part of that process that building block and gosh man they 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 just they just didn't get it done um and you know, it, it wasn't Saturday. You don't lose games on Saturday. You know, you lose games during the week, and and that's what was disappointing. I heard some of the players talking about the energy and all those type of things. Well, you know, this is this is big boy football, man. It's it, it's their obligation to bring that every single day. You know, you're gonna have girlfriend problem. You know, everybody's got girlfriend problem. Everybody's got school problem. You know, when it comes to the football field, man, it's about football. And um and you know until you have that mentality on a weekly basis, you know you're gonna end up losing to the Illinois and in those type of teams. Um, it's just the conference is just way too tough. It's like the NFL, Schmitty. You know, any week anybody can get anybody. So uh, and the games are run during the week, and, and Nebraska just
2: didn't do enough to win that game.
5: have to beat
2: Illinois during the week. How do you, as a coach and also your perspective from starting as many years as you did on the offensive line for Notre Dame, how do you – it's not a magic wand situation, but it is a mentality situation from a coaching perspective to have your guys ready because you can see if it's not where it needs to be intensity-wise. But also – your responsibility uh, as a player it's a two way street, isn't it
5: absolutely, absolutely one hundred percent, but the coach has to see uh, I was talking about this earlier um you know I'm on a on a thread with some of my Notre Dame friends, and you know you know we one we were when we were young, we were afraid of our our older peers, right okay. um, two, you had the obligation uh, when you're at a place like Nebraska. Uh, a, uh, a Notre Dame, uh, Texas, Ohio State, Southern Cal. When you're at those type of places, man, there's a there is a different obligation to the people that came before you. There's a different responsibility in 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 what you represent, and you can't lower that standard. And um, you know, I I walked on campus my first two years at Notre Dame with with anxiety and nervousness. About, about being able to meet those obligations. And there was no way that I was going to be a guy that was looked down upon by, you know, the, the Irv Smiths, the the Aaron Taylors, the Jeff Burrises, those type of guys, the Tim Ruddies, look at me in a way that I didn't reach that obligation, that I didn't hold my end up with a bargain. So no matter how tired I was, no matter how hard the test I took that day, I had a responsibility and an obligation to myself, to my teammates, and to the program to figure out a way to bring it. And on the other side of that, as a coach, I knew you got to know your players well enough whether they got it or not. Uh, and then you got to find those buttons, and you got to push those buttons. And and you know, early in the week, and, and Coach Holtz, and most of the coaches I played for, Schmitty and the guy from going back to St. John the Baptist when I was nine years old. Monday, we couldn't beat the Sisters of the Poor, mm-hmm. right? We yeah, we we could we weren't sure if we could even make it to the field. And then, you know, you build that confidence and you build that camaraderie up during the week. I heard Dr. Rob, um, or I saw that he tweeted, you know what builds camaraderie? Winning football mm-hmm. games, right? <laughs> and, you know, you win football during the week. It's embracing that grind, going through the grind during the week. And like you said, it's a two-way street. But the coach has got to recognize that early on. And then, you know, you might have to flip the script, change some plans there, man, but... uh you know, it's 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 definitely a two-way street, but coaches got to recognize that, and they got to figure figure out a plan to get those guys ready to play on Saturday.
2: Defensive line coach at Nebraska, Rick Kaczynski, with us also at Iowa for a number of years. Before we get into Nebraska-Iowa, who were you scared of at Notre Dame, and who did you frighten at Notre Dame? Man, i
5: tell you, back then, you, you had camp for about a week as a freshman, so... Yep. You know, just right, right when you were getting comfortable, right when you were getting comfortable, then all of a sudden, the you know the varsity shows up, man. And I mean, Bryant Young. Okay, <laughs> he's a <laughs> Nebraska dude. guy. One of the nicest human beings off the field. One of the meanest SOBs you could ever, and toughest guys you you'd, you'd ever meet. Um, I mean, Jeff Burris. I mean, you just go, you just go down the list. Ray Zellers. <laughs> I mean, Lee Beckett. I mean I, we had we had some dudes on that team Tim Ruddy Aaron Taylor and uh, you know I, I mean those guys it was all business man you know it, you you know what was fun fun was lining up on Saturday and and imposing your will that was fun you know the rest of the time wasn't a whole lot of fun they're not a whole lot of fun being a football player especially on this level That you know, is a big misconception the fun is. Is is figuring out? You know, you have to embrace that that grind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it's a man's game. They're not a whole lot of fun, right? But we signed up for it, and and well, let me tell you, man, you got an obligation. You got an obligation to to the that helmet that you're representing, the guys that you're playing with, and the guys that came before you. And you know the guys that were at Notre Dame when I was there, Schmidt You know they they held you to a different standard than even the coaches. You weren't going to mess it up for them, right? Mm-hmm. The window in college football is very small, and they weren't going to have some freshman or sophomore that hadn't earned his stripes yet ruin that for them. So, you know, <laughs> and oh, besides Coach Holtz and Joe Moore. Yeah, you know, I mean, my whole life was filled with anxiety, nervousness, and uh, and uh, being afraid of of a lot of people when I walked. Out. I didn't back down from every anybody. I, I guess I guess what I was more afraid of, and the guys I played with, was not meeting the standards. Right. That's mm-hmm. what. That's what. But fortunately, we had a group of guys that were there that showed us, hey, this you want to be successful, this is how you have to be. And it was very, very businesslike. Like I said, you know what was fun was fun was lining up against Texas and running the same play, 11 plays in a row and going down the field and beating their ass 55 to 20. That's, that's what's fun. That's what's fun. you know that's what college football is.
2: Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, you've seen uh, both sidelines. What is the Iowa-Nebraska rivalry to you?
6: well it, it's it,
5: obviously it it means a little bit more because I was at both places, right. and I, want, I was on both sides of it, right? But being in the big Ten for you know for for a decade, um, you know the conference is just so tough, and a conference games mean so much, and usually when you're playing these conference games, there's something on the line. You know, whether it's a a bowl berth, whether it's improving your, your bowl, you know, a New Year's Day bowl used to be the big deal or you're playing for the division. So when you get to this time of the year, man, it's about physicality. It's about toughness. It's about everything that the game stands for. And that's what's great about this Iowa and Nebraska game and when it's being played, you know, on Black Friday, there's, there's just that. Yeah. I know they haven't been doing it very long, but you know, it has become a tradition to play Iowa and to play Nebraska on Friday. But you know, you got cool, crisp weather. Um, you know, unfortunately you, you, you won't have the crowds, but Mm -hmm. you know, you got a, you got a two bordering states, um, with passionate fan bases. With two programs with a, with a lot of history, you know that that pride themselves on on being physical, right? So you went into this game when I was uh, when I was coaching at Iowa and I was coaching with Bo at Nebraska that we knew we were going to have whoever was able to stop the run and run the ball that's who was going to win the football game. And, that, and when you look at the statistics, you know, you, you look at 2011, 2012, 2013, 20, whoever had more yards on the ground wins this football game. And, and this was a challenge. This was a challenge to me at Iowa as a D-line coach to be able to stop Nebraska and vice versa. When I was at Nebraska, that's what I was. Pre- the, we are not going to let Iowa run the football against us. This is what they're going to do. This is what they pride themselves on. This is their identity. We're not going to be able to to allow them to do this and win the football game. So that's that's this game is just what football is about. What the big What the Big Ten represents with this toughness, that Midwest toughness, that getting up at three in the morning. It going out in the field and doing all those stuff, doing all those things that other people in other parts of the country don't do, you know. And that's why you you have an edge in 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 this in Big Ten country in the Midwest and and everything it stands for. That's what that's what this time of year. To me, and I think a lot of the guys that played in these games, I think that's what it stands for, man. You know, it's just, uh, it's just something special, and to be able to do it on Black Friday, I think it does mean a little bit more.
6: And now,
1: and now,
2: back to Hale Varsity Radio. Two more minutes. Rick Kaczynski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska-Iowa Week. When I think of Iowa, I think of the stretch or the boot. They'll find a tight end. They'll they'll run the football. They're rounding into form. Iowa's looking more Iowa-like after a couple of tough early losses. Their front sevens really, really talented. Nebraska right now, uh, don't know where they're going to go with quarterback. They could play both. Uh, quarterback and turnovers have been an issue from an identity standpoint because there'd be some good on good days where your D would go against Nebraska's offense. As you look at at, at Friday, you know what what can Nebraska do? The the, the primarily prim, primarily the number of yards have come from the quarterback draw, and and that is all well and good, but you need the the run game. You need downfield passing that's still been a, a work in progress to put it nicely what what's what's a identity uh nebraska can can kind of start moving toward and if nebraska fans want to see a better outcome or a competitive game you know where do they lean on friday what do you do offensively
5: you know, you, you got to figure out a way whether it's with your quarterback i mean there's you know there's there's different types of quarterback run games obviously you're, you're a quarterback in the big ten is not not going to be able to go to the field take a team 80 yards on a drive running the quarterback draw right. it's too well coached of a league um, and you know people aren't going to let you get away with that and also you know it's cold that that turfs cold man that ball is hard um, you know when your quarterback no matter no matter how much your quarterback runs it's most quarterbacks aren't natural runners. It's not what they do. That's why you have quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. giving up the football because they get hit a lot. They get they get hit a lot more than they do running backs. That's what they do. you got to figure out a way to, to get your backs to run between the tackles. You know, Iowa does a really, really good job of making that ball bounce to the, the gap outside of you. Make that ball, make that running, running back go sideways and allow that defense to catch up. That's that's what Iowa does. So Nebraska, if you're going to run the ball against Iowa, it's got to be downhill runs, A-gap, B-gap. You've got, And it's going to be tough sledding, right? And it's just a matter of opposing their will. Uh, and that's what you have to do. That's what you have to be able to do. There's going to be some... There's going to be some gains of zeros and some gains of twos and some gains of ones with that. And, you know, you can't get the ball downfield if your run game's not working. Uh, I, Iowa, when Iowa goes deep, uh, it's not a seven step drop. Iowa goes deep based off what they set up in the run game. Mm-hmm. Iowa, their bootleg is everything is off. They do a great job off of their run action because they are physical and they run and and their 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 passing game is based off their run action. So you get those safeties down. you get those guys peeking in the backfield and now you got a tight end running behind the backers, those type of things. So if Nebraska wants to be successful, when I watched them Saturday, they just never got into a rhythm. It just looked like they were grab bag in plays. You got to get in a rhythm. I say you play one quarterback. I, 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 Adrian's been there. He's a bigger, physical guy. I think you put the ball in Adrian's hands and say. Let's go get it, big boy. It's it's a one-game season right now. It's it's Nebraska versus Iowa. Let's you know challenge that offensive line. We're running between the tackles, and that's what this game's going to come down to. And then if we get some yards between the tackles, now we're going to take some shots downfield. So yeah, you know, that that's that's the only way you're going to have a chance. And you can't you you know you're not going to go sideways. You're not Iowa's not going. Their corners are too physical. Uh, and they're too disciplined. You can't go sideways against Iowa, and you can't throw swing passes and those type of things. You have to be able to run the football. You've got to be able to figure out a way to run the football between the tackles against Iowa. And that's whether it's a quarterback power game, mm-hmm. uh, some type of zone read, where it, but, but you're reading the mic, not just the end. You're changing those reads up. Um, you know, you've know, got to do some different things about Iowa to stress their defense. So, you know, they're just too well built. They're too structurally sound. They're not going to give up anything easy. You got to earn it, and you got to earn it with the offensive line.
2: Rick Kaczynski is with us uh, at longtime assistant at Nebraska, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, last thought in your career uh, when you're playing with young guys or new guys, uh, tell me a little bit about the process of simplifying so guys can play fast from a playbook standpoint. you
5: know, I have never, uh, to be honest with you, I, I never I never really been there. Okay. I, I, I I never been in a situation um, where where we changed what we do or changed our philosophy because of young guys. It, you, you, you know, you you figure out what they can do, and then you get and then you get good at it. Right? This whole simplification and cutting things out of your playbook. You know what? I mean it's football. It's really coming down to you line up and you got to you got to block the guy across from you or you got to beat the gu- the guy that's yeah. trying to block you. All right. so this whole oversimplification all those type of things. I mean I, I when I was at Notre Dame, we had as a player, we had a couple injuries and I remember we we went and, and played a game um over in over in Ireland played Navy and I had a true freshman um next to me i helped him out with some calls but let me tell you i i mean it it was i I tell you what motivated him was was the fear if he didn't figure out what he was doing by saturday by by the guys that that he was breaking the huddle with right that was his motivation right i don't think you ever dumb it down or use that as an excuse you figure out a way you do you get what you're good at you get what you're good at and you do it over and over and over. So so Shme, I, I was never ever gonna as a coach ever gonna ever gonna tell my head coach or the D coordinator that I worked for that we couldn't do something. There was no way. Now we were gonna go out and practice and now if somebody was physically capable of not doing it, okay, then then, I, then but I but I'm gonna give them an opportunity to prove me wrong first. All right. So so I'm going to go in with the assumption that they're going to be able to learn it and they're going to be able to do it physically. Then when they couldn't do it physically, then I say, okay, we can't do that. But I never worked for a coach, a a head coach, or a D coordinator that I said, hey, we need to simplify this because we're playing young guys or inexperienced guys. It was my job, my obligation to make sure they were ready to go on Saturday. And it was the same thing as a player and the guys I played with.
2: Rick Kaczynski's with us, our City Radio. Kaz, enjoy Black Friday. Uh, blessings to you and your family for Thanksgiving, man. This was fun to chat. Same
5: always, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man. Tell everybody in Lincoln I said hello. Go Big Red. Let's go get this one.
2: Got to love Kaz. Good sit-down. That was an extended sit-down, but well worth it. Great perspective on Nebraska and Iowa, guy who – Roamed both sidelines, and uh, we'll hear part of this is our Black Friday special, 9 to noon. Can't wait for it, man. Going to be a nice uh, Hale, Varsity, and Gregith and Hooks combo show on Black Friday with Willie J. We may have to do a weigh-in. We might have to do a weigh-in before we start. Wouldn't that be awesome? Based on how uh, Wednesday night and Thursday may go for some of us. Uh, we will bring the, the wake-up juice, because I think you may get after it Thursday, oh, all day.
1: Well, Wednesday night, too, you know. Right. No work Thursday.
2: <laughs> You're petting your mullet. You're, you yeah, know, Dr. Evil has his, his, his <laughs> kitty, and Willie J has got his long hair that he just kind of runs his fingers through. It's a habit. <laughs> you got to get someone else to do that for you, Willie J. Tell me. All right. We'll wind down a Tuesday next.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner.
2: Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, podcast will get posted on the Herd at Media outlet and the uh, media page, HaleVarsity.com. Also get to ESPNLincoln.com for the on-demand interviews, ADSPN Lincoln Twitter handle from Willie J at Willie J on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Tomorrow, before we head into Thanksgiving Thursday, we'll run down Mike Babcock, get Babber's take on Nebraska's situation going into Black Friday. Gary Barnett will be with us. We'll talk with Brad Edwards. Uh, college game day, ESPN, college football insider, Scott Docterman from The Athletic, knows the Hawkeyes, and don't forget the Black Friday extravaganza, Hale Varsity and Gregathan and Hooks, combined together. It's like uh, Law and Order and Homicide Life on the Streets meets and did the crossover episode. It was sweet. Interesting. You a big Law and Order guy? No, never seen it. Okay, dude, it's on about forty-seven different channels. Okay. It's a good throwback. All right. So, Willie J, you're a big hoops guy. You love Nebraska basketball. They get rocking tomorrow at eleven against McNeese State uh, on Turkey Day. One o'clock tip-off against Nevada, and then your old boy Sam Greasel comes to yeah. town uh, with North Dakota State on uh, on Saturday. It'll I think that's at eleven o'clocker. Yeah. Because Sammy was is he a year or two older than you? A
1: year younger than me. Oh, so he's younger. Yep. My bad. No, you're all good, but man, yeah, I I, I remember watching him in high school. He well you're fly. sitting next
2: to each other, you're doing uh broadcasts of the Spartan Radio Network. It was oh, money.
1: Wasn't weren't those the days. Yeah. You
2: <laughs> didn't have a mullet then.
1: No, I did not, not even close. No, but I've jacked Spitty for uh Nebraska ball to get back. I I don't know what this team's gonna look like.
2: Um a lot of ball players, and they're trying to figure out who's the sixth man versus the starting five. You've got some really good candidates, and you've got dudes that can score and that are more grown men physically and mentally compared to last year's crew. Mm-hmm. And, no, I think this will be fun. Now, what, what can you get in? What can you squeeze in in COVID times? All right because 27 games are on the docket for you. Can you kind of go hang with Creighton? I mean, we didn't have time to get to his comments, but but, but Teddy, Teddy Buckets was... And he's, he's thrilled. I mean, and he's he's been to a lot of stops, but he can score it, man.
1: Yeah, he can.
2: Uh, Blanton's money. Uh, you got uh, Ivan, who's reshaped himself. You still got Thor from downtown. I mean, they've got some dudes, and look, we've seen the Hoyberg offense work beautifully, especially all those Big Twelve Saturday games with his squads at Iowa State. I mean, I think he's got a team that's pretty loaded. Wisconsin's fantastic. they're they're probably your favorite. Iowa is probably your co-favorite mm-hmm. with uh, Luca Brazza. No, it's Luca Garza. Sorry, too easy. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Uh, but Iowa's money. Sparty will still be Sparty. Jawan in Michigan. Good. See how great they are? Illinois. He can get he can get dudes. Illinois. Illinois. Duh. That's your other I mean, like just loaded squad with out of nowhere. Coach Underwood. Well, Underwood's he's been spots. I mean, he's been at Okie State. He coached under Frank Martin. So, I mean, he's got he's got good history. So it's going to be a loaded, fun Big Ten. Let's just pray we get it all in. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks for tuning in.